When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Looking to build wealth beyond the stock market? Gain access to alternative investment opportunities once reserved for the ultra-wealthy with Yield Street. Build a diversified portfolio with investments such as real estate, art, commercial finance, and other alternatives typically with low stock market correlation and targeting annual yields of up to 15%. Yield Street investment minimums start at $1,000. Head to YieldStreet.com to join over 275,000 members and create your account today. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Over the line, or throws it, he's in. A backhander and a save by Tony Esposito. Stan Makita was a, a small guy, very cocky in those days. A right hand by Magnuson, and he puts that guy down. Magnuson trying to tear his hair out. NBC Chicago's James Naveau. See Chicago Hockey Insider Jay Zawoski. Part of Blue Wire Podcast. Came off the boards. He shoots his goal. Down to the Tames. A game-winning goal. The Hawks live to fight another day. Falling back. Sobel and drives. Get the crack. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Chicago's going to be in last place forever. Triple Threat Sports, Fry the Coop, Dr. Squatch, and by the Sins In-Law Group, let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends. This is indeed the post-game edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We finally have hockey that we watch tonight. <laughs> I am Jay Zawoski. No, you're I'm not. not Jay Zawoski. I'm James <laughs> Naveau. I am so flabbergasted right now. I don't even know what to think. We got to watch hockey. I am discombobulated. You're Jay Zawoski. I'm James Naveau. Things are wonderful, buddy. We got to watch Blackhawks hockey, even though they lost 4-3 to three to those dastardly Detroit Red Wings. Day of the odd jersey fonts, etc. <laughs> yes, the, the font is odd. It is odd font season, a.k.a. the preseason. Uh, thanks for joining us. Give us a follow on social media. We're on Twitter at MadhousePod. Instagram, Madhouse underscore pod. We're on Facebook. Just look us up, Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We've got a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Madhouse Pod. Uh, what else? Check out our T Public shop for some cool designs, some cool shirts. That link is in our bio, including uh, also in that bio is a link to buy my book, The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the Chicago Blackhawks. You can get that wherever books are sold, but I recommend bookshop.org to support local businesses or go to madhousepod.com slash book 
if you'd like a signed personalized version. So Hawks lose 4-3 in the shootout to the Red Wings at the United Center. Hawks blow a lead, but no big deal. It's preseason, yada, yada, yada. The big stories of the night. Jonathan Taves played and at last check led all Blackhawks forwards in ice time. Lucas Reichel played. Played well. We're going to get into it. A couple other Blackhawks stood out. So, James, the floor is yours. Where would you like to begin breaking down tonight's game? Well, I think we have to start with Captain Sirius. I think that that obviously has been the big headline of the offseason. It's been the big headline of training camp. Um, It's pretty obvious to me that obviously he's going to be the straw that kind of stirs the drink here in terms of what the Blackhawks can realistically expect in the uh, season upcoming. And he... Yeah, he started to kind of lose gas a little bit toward the end of the game, did play in the overtime period, like you alluded to, had the most uh, ice time of any forward, second most of any player on the board. He looked solid tonight. He finally did get a couple shots on goal. I think it was the first about period and a half of the game. He had not gotten a single shot attempt and finally got some on the board late. So I thought a really good effort from Jonathan Taves and, I thought that he acquitted himself well, and he certainly, I will say, did not look satisfied with uh, his performance tonight. Yeah, there were some visible moments of frustration that he definitely showed. Yeah, so end line for Taves, one assist, 22-48 of ice time. Again, overtime game, so he played some overtime. Three shots on goal, one missed shot. Uh, giveaway, two takeaways. He was 15 of 21 from the faceoff dot. Good for 71%. We'll get into the faceoffs thing a little bit later. Him and Borgstrom were the only two over 50%, and Borgstrom took two faceoffs and went one for one. So tough day as a doubt for the Hawks, not named Jonathan Taves. But yeah, man, I think he looked very Jonathan Tavesy. And while you said he didn't score, you know, or didn't have a shot for the first two periods, he had three, four really good setup passes really good plays, won some corner battles, and just scored a sick shootout goal. And I think just scoring that goal, knowing the way Jonathan Taves' brain works, is going to go a long way for him because there was a chance in the third where he had a one-timer teed up and just whiffed, and you could see him kicking himself in the ass for it. Overall, I don't think I could have asked for more from Jonathan Taves' first game in, what, a year and a half? I think he looked better than I thought he was going to. Uh, To see him able to play that much in his first game back and that amount of time is really, really encouraging. And uh, nothing but positives for me for Jonathan Taves. I know like that ring, that rink rust is going to wear off. He's going to find his timing again. And um, I just, I can't wait to see what's next for him because tomorrow is going to be a big telltale day for him. See how he feels tomorrow and the day after uh, they play again on Friday. Uh, we'll see how the captain's feeling after this. But so far, all of training camp and through game one of the preseason, everything has been really encouraging in terms of Jonathan Taves. Oh, yeah, totally. And obviously, it was something that you could tell just in the way that he kind of spoke about it as he was making his way back this season that the last year or so has just been really difficult for him for a health perspective. And obviously, that's just like a quality of life thing, too. Like, he had no idea what he was going to end up having to deal with for the rest of his life. If those, that ailment had continued to um, bother him. And just the fact that he's now able to be back on the ice and play 
23 minutes of ice time is pretty darn awesome. And it was just from that perspective, even just really great to see him play this this uh, game today. So if you were with us on our hot mic, but as the game was starting, we were sort of talking about the players to watch. And we had a bunch and we're going to get to them. But the other player to both of us that really stood out in this game was Adam Gaudet. He mm-hmm. was dynamite from start to finish. You look at his stat line, no points. Okay. Played 1531 of ice time. But here's where you look six shots on goal, another three shot attempts, either missed or blocked, two hits, two takeaways, two, uh, two block shots of his own. A terrific game from Adam Gaudet in the first period made just a ridiculous video game style deke hit the crossbar should have been a goal another inch uh, lower and it would have been a goal. He played a fantastic game and that's a guy who, you know, the first day of camp, he was not with the first group. He was with the second group and, you know, a guy who had his own COVID struggles last season in Vancouver came over, played a little bit with the Hawks, but was really not in physical condition. Also overcame uh, mysterious like stomach ailment over the off season, figured that all out. So he's put on some weights, put on some muscle. Adam Gaudet sent a message in the game in game one of the preseason here. He was excellent. And just making plays in just every conceivable area too. He he did end up with uh six shots on goal in the game, which is obviously you know pretty great, even though it is preseason. I'm sure some would point out that the Detroit defense he was facing wasn't exactly stout. But I would counter that by saying just all of the signs and the and the skill set that he showed during the game is all stuff that you do want to see his awareness was really good he was really good at anticipating how the play was going to develop he got into a lot of open areas where he was able to get those kind of quick shots that you want to see him get he even showed his physicality a little bit too he had a couple block shots had a couple hits in the game just everything that he's going to need to do in order to be a consistent third or fourth line player on this team. He did all of that stuff tonight. And like you said, if there was a way for him to go ahead and make a statement that he is going to be in that group of 12 starters for the Blackhawks when the season gets underway in a couple of weeks, he made that statement tonight in a big way. And he just popped off the screen for everybody that was watching the game with us in the hot mic. Everybody on Twitter kept pointing out how good he looked. I mean, he was just all over the place, and he aced the first test with flying colors for sure. What I like about his game, too, is he's the kind of guy that gives you the versatility where in a pinch he could play on the top six mm-hmm. and not look totally out of space, t- totally out of place, can fill in and hang in there. And, you know, another guy who fits that mold and another guy who impressed tonight was was Lucas Reichel in his first real NHL action of any kind. Uh, you saw the speed, you saw the skill, another absolutely disgusting shootout goal where the puck was off his stick in the blink of an eye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what his season's going to look like. Stan Bowman said a, a while back that he thinks at some point Reichel's going to be part of this year. He seems to be in their plans. They're treating him like a guy in their plans. One preseason game, he looked the part, played really well. Let's go over his numbers as well. 16, 18 of ice time. He finished a minus one, one shot on goal, another shot attempt, three hits, which is surprising, uh, and two giveaways. Not an impressive line, but the eye test, if you were watching this game, you could see how strong of a game Lucas Reichel had considering his age, considering it's the first time he's put on 
an NHL uniform in his career. Obviously, I do have to give a little bit of uh, credit to him for just having a really solid game. I thought, like you said, he jumped out on the screen more than his uh, stat line would suggest. I think that he's a guy that I'd imagine will probably play. I'm going to say probably four of their preseason games. I would imagine they're going to try to get Reichel quite a few opportunities to get into the lineup. So I would not be surprised if he played either Friday night at the United Center or maybe on Saturday night over in Missouri when they play. Uh, the Blues, I, I think that it's going to be key to get him with a couple of different guys just to kind of see if he can develop chemistry with anybody. I think that's going to be ultimately a really big key for him to landing a spot on this roster come opening night. I, I think that as long as he can kind of find that chemistry and that vibe with some of the guys on the team, I think that he's going to end up being that guy. We do have to mention one other forward for sure. And that is some dude named Brandon Hagel, who basically, I feel like every time we did a post-game show last season, we talked about how great Hagel looked and yeah. how just aggressive he is and how hard he plays. A goal, eight shots, four block shots, and a hit tonight for Brandon Hagel. Just what else is there to say Seriously, about this By the dude, way, he could man. have had two more goals. Had a breakaway where there was a great save and then had another one-timer attempt that was an inch too low would have been a goal too. Uh, I I don't know, man. Like for me, I find myself thinking about Hagel in terms of like, what is the ceiling for this guy? Mm -hmm. I I think we're, we're so hesitant to think of him as anything more than a bottom six forward, but the evidence we've we have so far is that he's more than that. This guy could be a top six. Yeah. That dude with how hard he works, if yeah. he has the ability to really hone that shot, which is something that there were quite a few observers of the team that kind of were holding against him. I think last season, they didn't think he had a great shot. I personally have always kind of liked it because it's very heavy. He's able to get it off pretty quickly, especially in the middle of the ice between the dots. I really think that that's something that he's really solid at doing. And you saw that tonight. I thought his... His shot was really quick, accurate, and like you said, could have had another two goals tonight. I think with if that continues to improve, and then along with his speed and his work ethic, you're going to start seeing him in that top six role, man. And I don't think that is a – that's not an indication of a lack of depth on the part of the Blackhawks, but rather a real success and a real win in terms of their developmental process if they can get him into a position like that. But just every time he takes the ice, you absolutely notice that he's there and what he's doing. Yep. Uh, he And that's, look, eight shots and go with zero power play time. I mean, that's, that's really impressive. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like sometimes you see guys stack shots because they're on the special teams or on the power play and they get a couple whacks at one play. Like, I think Jonathan Taves, two of his three shots came on a single power play. Um, Hagel is a factor. And this is one of those luxuries like the Hawks had when, with Andrew Shaw in his prime where you've got this guy, you're not really sure how he's going to project as an NHL player, comes up here, makes an immediate impact, and then makes himself a crap ton of money over his career. If Hagel uh, can be on that trajectory and there's no signs that he can't, very similar kind of a player. Maybe just doesn't do the dumbass stuff that Andrew Shaw has been so famous for doing. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a win. I, I just... I, I just it's almost unreal how good Hagel has been. Uh, and again, eight shots on goal and then four block shots. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a guy doing it all on all ends of the ice, and he did it in 14-17 of ice time. In a preseason game, yeah. bro. The dude it's is amazing. a gamer, and, and he will be, I think as people sort of catch on to the Hawks this year and start to notice them more, because they're going to be more competitive, and they've got some big names are going to make some headlines this year. Hagel is going to become a fan favorite, much like Andrew Shaw was. I don't want to keep, I feel like that's kind of a lazy comparison, but I'm making it because when Shaw got called up, it was like kind of not a big deal. No one thought like he wasn't a top prospect. No one thought that he was going to be the kind of player he was. And it's the same thing with Hagel. You and I joked fourth line farm. He's the same. Like we thought he's like, he's another David camp. He's another, uh, Tyler Mott. He's another Ben Smith. He's another one of these guys who you can just run through. Every team's got four or five of them. You can put them out there for 11 minutes a night. They're not going to hurt you. No. Hagel is a guy who is a difference maker. He proved it from the day he stepped on the ice last season and is apparently continuing to, to prove it this season. Uh, I cannot I cannot sing the praises of a guy more. I think he's been terrific and deserves everything he's got coming his way. Uh, this podcast Today is brought to you by our friends at Fry the Coop and FryTheCoop.com, Oaklawn, Elmhurst, Westtown, Prospect Heights, and Tinley Park. Go to FryTheCoop.com, place your order for the best damn Nashville hot chicken you will ever have. drive throughs available at Tinley and Prospect Heights, but you can pick up your order from their windows real easy. You want to dine in, they're open for dine in. They've got a great craft beer menu. Go get some great Nashville hot chicken. When you go, tell them the Madhouse podcast sent you. That helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it when you tell any of our sponsors that we use them. We're going to take a quick time out here, come back, and wrap up this postgame podcast on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Welcome back, friends. This is a post-game edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski, James Nabeau, we are with you talking about preseason hockey action. Boy, it was nice to see that after four and a half months of not having any games to talk about. Jay, we talked a lot about the forwards in that first segment of the show. There are a couple we did not get to, and one of them is that dude. I think his name's Kirby Doc. He yeah. was a first-round pick of the Blackhawks at one point. Am I correct? I, I believe you're correct on that. Number 77, Kirby Doc, uh, in your program, number one in your hearts. 21-25 of ice time, finished the game with an assist. One shot on goal, another missed shot. He lost seven. I'm sorry, he won seven of 20 face-offs. That's good for 35%. That's got to improve. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think we probably make too much about the importance of face-offs, but... That is not good. You've got to be at least close to 50%. Mm-hmm. 45, 46, we, we, somewhere yep. in there. We talked, we talked about that a little bit on the uh, hot mic tonight, that if you can get around 45%, it's pretty tolerable. But once you start getting south of that, you're getting into really dangerous territory. And face-offs are something that Kirby Doc has struggled with in the past, and we talked about it a little bit. That might be an issue where if the Blackhawks really feel that strongly about his – uh, performance in the dot maybe you start seeing him shift over to wing a little bit more often especially with the number of centers they do have on the roster I feel like Doc kind of as the game went on regressed a little bit I think mm-hmm. to start he looked really strong we were talking about that on the hot mic as well um, 
I think he really started the game well. He was 50% at, uh, at face. I think it was like four for four when the first period ended. And then everything kind of fell apart. And look, I'm not, I want to be clear here. I'm not worried about Kirby Doc. I think he's going to be one of the best. Especially Hawks after this. a preseason game. Yeah. yeah, he's going to be one of the best Hawks this season. I, I don't have any doubts in that. I just, you know, the face-off thing is a concern. And it's, it's got to get a little bit better. Maybe it will. Maybe it was just a bad night. I don't want to glean too much from one preseason game, but it is something to keep an eye on the face-off thing. Um, I thought why Kelnick played a solid game. 25-02 of ice time, led the entire team. Uh, five shots on goal and four more shot attempts. Also delivered three hits. Uh, the first Detroit goal of the game, he got kind of caught on the boards, fell down. Caleb Jones came over and then Henrik Borgstrom didn't get to the front of the net quickly enough. Yeah. Uh, so that was a, a minus there for, uh, for Kalanick, but I think overall noticeable, I think a solid game. Uh, and you know, we've been talking about this bottom six, this bottom pair, rather these dudes are fighting hard for this job. And Kalanick is one of those guys on the bubble. And the fact that he led the team in ice time and had the effective game he had, that's got to reflect well for him. Yeah, and I mean, we we talked about that. I know we keep alluding to the hot mic, but yeah, we talked about so many of these topics. I feel like there were definitely three guys in the mix tonight who were going to be competing for those bottom two jobs. And I thought that out of the three, out of Bodan, Caleb Jones, and Wyatt Kalnick, I definitely was impressed with Kalnick. I know that Jones ended up having a assist in the game at a couple hits, a couple block shots. Didn't play poorly at all. You, I, I think he's probably going to get ample opportunity to play. I think that'll probably be something the Blackhawks will do. They'll probably carry seven defensemen into the regular season and kind of rotate a couple of guys out here and there. I think that Jones probably will end up getting one of those spots. But I thought that outside of that lapse, I thought Kalnick had a lot of really good moments tonight. I did like him in that power play kind of quarterback role. I think that's something the Blackhawks are obviously going to be needing to look for now that they don't have Adam Boquist anymore. I know that Seth Jones will obviously get ample opportunity to play on the power play. I don't think there's any question about that. That second spot, though, could be up for grabs, and Calnut could be an interesting candidate to kind of fill that role. I, I wonder if that's kind of something the Blackhawks envision for him or if they're maybe going to go in a different direction. But I think if, if we're going to base the uh, criteria, the kind of the analysis of what he did tonight on that kind of stuff, I thought Kalnick had a solid night outside of the the laps that led to the Detroit goal. Yeah, I think it might have been you know more less of a lapse and more of just you know got got tangled up with somebody. And, and, and I will definitely say that I thought Caleb Jones maybe cut over too late, and I think that it maybe caught Borgstrom a little bit by surprise. You never quite know how that play develops. Cause we obviously don't have the all 22 or I guess in this <laughs> case, it would be all 12. All, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that play definitely stood out in the negative column, but he made some really nice plays too. Uh, and one more guy we need to mention before we wrap things up, Dominic Kubalik, uh, scored a goal, two shots, three, uh, I'm sorry, two shots, five more attempts uh, on top of the two shots on goal. Uh, absolute cannon from the point later in the game. Uh, just solid game from him. Wore the A, which I thought was interesting for this one. Um, it's a guy who I'm, you know, he's been here two seasons. He's had good offensive outputs both years. And I, I still think of him like as a second tier kind of a guy. I don't know why I do that. I don't know why my brain is 
is putting me there. Last year, 38 points in 56 games. The year before, 46 points in 68 games. Uh, he had 30 goals, obviously, as a rookie, 17 last season, but in 12 fewer yep. games. Uh, this is a guy who is a major part of this team, and I don't know why my brain doesn't, like, when I start to list the guys on the team that are difference makers, Kubelik is not on that list for me, and I, I, I wish I could figure out why that is, and I think I'm going to try to be more conscious of it because he keeps proving that he is here to stay and he is legit. Yeah, and I was going to point out to you, they ran a graphic during the broadcast that – Kubelik has the third most goals on the Blackhawks since he joined the team, and he's only behind uh, Debrinkit and Kane. I, I think that that kind of speaks to the difference maker that he can be on the ice. So I, I definitely think that we do need to give Kubelik, I think, more credit. And the other thing you do have to mention, too, he has shown some great chemistry with Jonathan Taves in the past. He continued to do that tonight. It was like they picked up right where they had left off. Yeah, just just having Taves back helps everybody mm-hmm. it helps everybody and again i think you know we talk about the lead story jonathan taves's return to the blackhawks into hockey is the lead story and uh nothing but positives from his performance tonight so that's going to do it for this post-game edition of the madhouse chicago hockey podcast we will not be doing a post-game show for every preseason game but select ones and as the season gets underway we'll be doing a ton of of post-game shows. If you're not on Hot Mike, you heard us reference Hot Mike a bunch of times, you're probably like, what the hell is Hot Mike? Hot Mike is a place where you can watch uh, the game with us. We video stream. You can see us. You can talk to us in the chat. You can send us tips if you'd like. And then afterwards, we record a live podcast. You can watch us record the podcast live. That's how live podcasts work. So download the Hot Mike app. It's free, H-O-T-M-I-C. When you sign up, use that promo code MADHOUSE. And uh, you can join us for live podcasts as we do them throughout the season. We'll be doing a bunch. So make sure you download that app today. For my partner, James Naveau, my name is Jay Zawoski. This has been the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Fry the Coop, Triple Threat Sports, and by the Sins in Law Group. I'm Amira Rose Davis, historian and co-host of the sports podcast, Burn It All Down. And now I'm hosting the new season of American Prodigy, all about Black girls in gymnastics. For the last 40 years, Black gymnasts have moved from the margins to the core of the sport and changed gymnastics along the way. Now they tell their stories. You'll meet trailblazers like Diane Durham, superstars like Jordan Childs, and everyone in between. Listen to American Prodigies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.